everyone. Welcome to your newest episode of the Plasmic Matrix podcast. And in this episode, we are talking about the individuation process and becoming who you are meant to be. Um, so, you know, how can you tell if you're in the middle of an individuation process or have gone through one? Well, we have a few just questions to propose to the audience and to those who are listening so you can identify, you know, is this happening in my life? Um, so, you know, have you ever felt that there was something missing in your life in spite of how much you may have reached your goals of success? Maybe you have a happy marriage, you know, um, you have children, you have the house you want, but something is still missing. Well, that could be a sign that the individuation process is calling you, or maybe you're just someone who always just feels some underlying tension within you, some struggle, some depressive feeling that doesn't go away, and you just wish you could be happy and content in the life that you've created for yourself. Or, you know, maybe you're the kind of person who is constantly working on yourself. You might be if you listen to this podcast and, you know, but you never really reach a place where you're just fulfilled and happy. And then the last way I see this individuation call, I guess you could call it show up, is, you know, a recent crisis, a breakdown in your life, whether job, relationship, sometimes it's an illness, you know, going all the way up to a more from from a minor illness to a more severe one. Um, and sometimes it's an unexpected change or maybe it's an unexpected change, but whatever it is, it's a sudden change that often has you feeling like there's something more in life than you, the life you've been living. Um, so these are all signs that you may be called to the path of individuation. And if any of that resonates with you, then this podcast is definitely for you and a good thing for you to listen to. Um, but before we get into it, we just want to make a very quick announcement so we're going to have our next uh, round of Embodied Soul Awakening, which is our three-month psycho-spiritual group coaching program. And it's going to begin, this is for our August 18th round. Um, so the enrollment just opened. We have quite a lot, I think even close to a thousand people on the waiting list this time, which is pretty crazy that this many people are interested in doing this kind of work. Um, so if you want to apply, um, our last round sold out within like a couple weeks. It was very fast. It's probably going to happen very quickly this round with this amount of people on the waiting list. Um, but you can uh, apply right away um, by going to www.thetimeoftransition.com. And on that page, you can also get more information on what it's about. It's basically a three-month private group coaching program where myself and Bernard guide people through a core program of psycho-spiritual practices we use, um, and we do it all in a group context. So it's very um, healing to be in a community of people who are oriented towards the same work. So if you want to join us for that August round, again, you can go to www.thetimeoftransition.com. And yeah, maybe we'll see some of you there. Okay, cool. So let's go into it. So we're going to begin by, you know, just defining individuation, because I see a lot of people use this term incorrectly, including myself at, at certain points, you know, I was not exactly getting it, it was not clicking for me. Um, so we really want to differentiate what it is and what it isn't, because the common misperception I see is that people think that individuation, you know, even when I talk about, you know, 
the, the true self, they think it's just being more of an individual, more u- unique, you know, m- more kind of asserting your identity, asserting your persona in the world. And it has nothing to do with that. It's not a self-improvement project. It's not about becoming a better person. So let's define what it is and what it isn't so that people are really clear what we're talking about here. Yeah, so obviously the process of individuation is also a core aspect of Carl Jung's work, right? That's really even at the end of his life, that's what he talked about. His whole work is really about to guide a person back to his soul, to his self. And this individuation process is actually ultimately in a nutshell connecting to essence, to your soul being. But as Laura just mentioned, many of us, and myself included in the past, we mistake this individuation process with being an individual, like an individual like we see in the consensus state of materialistic society with having a certain personality, which is just conditioned with desires, wants, programs, certain identities, identify as with this nation, with this religion, with this belief and all of that. But this is a conditioned personality of of a social individual. It is not an individuated being that goes much, much deeper. So I like always before we go into a deeper definition into what uh, individuation is entails and how to do it. Let's talk about again what it is not. And as Laura just already hinted at, individuation is not a self improvement program. Very important to understand. It's not. Uh, it's not about firming up or your muscles, losing weight, having more positive thoughts, uh, or getting what you want in your life. It's not about becoming happy based on external factors. It's not about reaching c- certain goals of, uh, you know, in the external world, what as we define success. So this is very important to understand. It is also not about self-actualization, which is similar to self-improvement. But what is self-improvement, by the way? When we talk about this, um, it has its place. When you take care of your body, your health, working out, having certain goals, when you make money, a career, job, family, whatever it may be, you know, as you see in usually self-help programs, Tony Robbins style, kind of to actualize your personality in this world. But that's not what individuation is about. Individuation is, as I just mentioned, is also not self-actualization. And it's very interesting, um, Joseph Campbell actually noted that self-actualizing, self-actualization is for people with nothing better to do. Mm. <laughs> um people who don't know their personal myth or deeper purpose in life. Again, self-actualization relates to, uh, relates to self-improvement. It's just, you know, having some sort of success in the world, making your mark and then um, getting happiness, fulfillment from these external factors or even a status, you know, out yeah. of it, basically. And also very interesting, um, yeah, many of you guys probably have heard of Abraham Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. Very important, it has its place. But also, this hierarchy of needs for security, prestige, self-development, and even personal relationships are not primary values as a person inspired by the deeper self or the threat of the individuation. This individuation process goes way, way deeper than this hierarchy of needs uh, as uh, written about by Abraham Maslow. Uh, again, ties into self-actualization and self-improvement. So now we know what uh, individuation is not, what people mistake it as. And by the way, on that note, we also 
uh, our program embodied soul awakening as we've written on on the website of the program at the time of transition.com it is not a self-improvement program it is not a self-actualization program we go way deeper in this individuation process via psycho-spiritual work so individuation is really about transformation yeah that's what it really comes down to so and you want to let's let's talk about what this transformation is all about well, I mean, there's there's a really great quote from Carl Jung I found um, where he says that individuation is to divest the self of false wrappings. And that's really key to remember because when people get into self-improvement, self-development, they're often working on the wrong self. They're working on mm. the persona. They're making a shinier, better persona you know so if you're an amazing soccer player you just be a more amazing persona of that soccer player basically but the soccer player self is not actually your true nature is not your true essence that's the point and i think that a lot of people who get into self-improvement um are working on the wrong self and i even there's obviously all sorts of issues that also happen when people join spiritual communities that are similar, but it's really working on the wrong self. And the key word I think for individuation is whole or wholeness. So Carl Jung has a, has a great quote where he says, the meaning of whole or wholeness is to make holy or to heal. The descent into the depths will bring healing. It is the way to the total being, to the treasure which suffering mankind is forever seeking which is hidden in the place guarded by terrible danger, mm -hmm. which also relates to the quote by Campbell again, the cave you fear to enter contains the treasure you seek. So whereas self-improvement is more, oh, just become a better businessman, become a better coach, become a better whatever, it's always better, more and better. And it seems that the individuation process is actually begins with a descent into exactly what you don't want to go into, you know. In fact, I find that when you have to answer the call of individuation, it often forces you to confront exactly what you didn't want to confront, you didn't want to face, mm -hmm. and that's the kind of the key thing. Whereas I see in the kind of Tony Robbins self-improvement thing, it's always about better, larger, more money, you know. And this is, has nothing to do with the individuation process. It's an inner process, basically. And ultimately, you know, you have to be willing to let the old identity, the old persona that you picked up from culture, from your conditioning, in order to embrace the capital S self, which is the the divine spark within you. Um, I forget who said it. It was another Jungian who called it the God image within you. So, you know the old self needs to die so the true self can, you can be reborn in the true self basically and you feel you tend to feel pain during this process because number one a part of you is dying the false persona is dying but you also feel pain because you have to break through the limitations of who you are you have to stop hiding from yourself which includes any emotions that you find unacceptable and it's really about beginning to feel at home with yourself through embracing this wholeness and then eventually the individuation process leads to a conscious realization of your unique personality not false persona but your unique personal identity as an individuated aspect of the divine. Does it make sense? Yes, as this unique, I would, in my words, I like to say unique transduce of divine will through you. Yes. Right? That's that's on a, from a spiritual perspective. It's alignment for your, bringing the soul to the front and make the personality, the small s, actually 
a purer expression of essence of divine will of your soul being to work through so to speak yeah but i think just in a nutshell it's really important to understand you summarized it very well just to understand what we see in nowadays in the world when people quote unquote do self-work most people talk about self-improvement self-actualization which is working on the self with the little s the false personality ego personality we mistake for the false uh, for the true self Mm-hmm. As most people. And again, I want to point out there's nothing wrong with it, but this is not your true self. There's another deeper step. And these questions you asked at the beginning are very important because a lot of people I've seen, uh, I've worked with, we both have worked with, or highly successful people who have it all money, sex, power, everything in the world is success, but something is still missing. Yeah. Right? That shows that there's some deeper call coming, uh, calling the soul towards this individuation process. Yeah. And that's the call or the, the process we want to dive deep in here. And so, you know, the, my favorite quote, too, by Carl Jung about how the path of individuation kind of starts is he says, if we do the wrong thing with all of our hearts, we will end up in the right place. <laughs> and that's really, but that is really key, actually, yeah. you know, and I'm going to just read um, another quote, um, by the way, um, I just want to also note, we, we're going to be reading quotes from Bud Harris, Becoming Whole, who mm. wrote a book about individuation here. Um, and so, you know, he writes about, um, how all of our mistakes, neuroses, complexes, addictions, dysfunctions, and negative characteristics, anything we usually dislike and despise about ourselves are containers of the divine spark. So at first, what is what is on the path of individual individuation will appear as blocks to your full development. Yeah. So it will be something in the way of you achieving your goals and hopes and dreams. Um, but within the very block and you facing the block is the seed and the energy that you need to will lead you to wholeness, basically. And so, you know, it's not necessarily about just getting rid of all the blocks. It's about seeing how the blocks are actually the path. It's seeing how the pain, how the addictions, how the quote unquote mistakes, how our even inner issues are actually part of that path of individuation. Yeah, exactly. Not again, going back to self-improvement, self-actualization, you're trying to get rid of it, avoid it, or just fill a hole within yourself via external means. That's how usually... Uh, where desires arise from is because you're disconnected from self and then you try to fill it with external means, money, sex, power again, and all of that. Again, nothing wrong with that, but where is it coming from? Where are your desires coming from? Most of them are highly socially, culturally conditioned or their trauma responses. So the process of individuation, as Carl Jung said, all these, we all have neurosis, addictions, issues, all of that traumas, depression, um, they are basically the medicine so to speak we need to confront that lead us to become more whole yeah because as you said at the beginning ultimately the process of individuation is to become whole which means to embrace it all right and i love the quote you say you know to what did he say about to go in the direction of your your mistake um or live your mistake out to this fullest potential so to speak yeah he's yeah he has another quote where he says basically like live the yeah do the wrong thing with your to the fullest potential and you'll end up where you need to be that can be easily taken out of context right but what he basically means and really about that you know young was basically very convinced that only a full engagement in life can give you or us the necessary material for reflections that can transform our consciousness. 
Yeah. So that's what the individuation process is all about, to fully engage in life, not trying to escape life, mm -hmm. so to speak, right? Well, it's really important also to know that like, okay, so I'm going to give a personal example so that people can start to understand what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so I've shared about another podcast. I've, you know, struggled or I've overcome actually addiction, serious pharmaceutical opiate addiction in my life. Um, you know, I've gone through a lot of trauma, et cetera, you know, um, and I really turned to the spiritual path very sharply about like 2012. Um, but when I first engaged with the spiritual path, I was doing it in a way I just wanted to feel better. I did yoga, I meditated, it helped kind of give me a little bit of like a Tylenol for my headache. And then I like felt a little bit better for a while. It was like a temporary band-aid, you know. Um, but I was engaging with the path with a motive, be like, oh my God, I'm coming from so much suffering, so much trauma. This is help making me feel better. And I'm just going to keep doing this, you know. But then, you know, as I kind of went along my own healing path, um, I realized that I was basically trying to split off my whole life where I was addicted, where I was ex experiencing trauma from my consciousness. I was essentially trying to spiritually bypass it using spiritual techniques, you know? Um, and essentially one day I realized this is not working, you know, the kind of feeling I get from my spiritual experience is not being embodied in my everyday human life any way whatsoever. And then synchronistically, that's when I came across shadow work and I had to actually go back and reclaim the addicted, traumatized, you know, you know, part of me. And I had to go back and realize that there was even gold or parts of myself that I left back in that past um, era of my life that was so traumatic. I literally just tried to cut it off and leave it behind and start a new life. That didn't work. So integrating all those experiences I went through, I actually found my own path. I found more of my gifts, you know, but I couldn't just, you know, like, for example, like just people who just leave their lives behind and start a new life. People do it in all sorts of ways. You know, what I'm suggesting in this example is that the parts of your life that you tried to leave behind to start a new and improved life are actually the gold that you need mm -hmm. to retrieve in your individuation process. Mm -hmm. You can't just be like, so say if you're working, I'll give another example. If you're working like a consensus corporate job and you hate it and you're like, oh, I really want to do something different. I want to do something more aligned with my soul. Well, that you know, call from your soul is the path of individuation, but you're not going to get there by just cutting off that corporate yes. part of you. You have to actually find how in that struggle that you're going through in that corporate job that you hate is actually also part of the necessary tension that you need yes. for the individuation process. Very beautifully said. I can totally relate to that as well. Because um, every job I yeah, had to work, you know, even jobs I didn't like to work, but it helped me in my process, really what also Gurdjieff understood and Sri Aurobindo as well, you know, the work, life is yoga, you do the work in life, in in mod, and even Sri, um, Gurdjieff said, the more difficult the situation, the better for the work. Yeah. What is the work? To connect to essence, your true soul being. And the, the trap most of us get into, as you just mentioned, and, and myself in the, in the past as well, then we're trying to frantically ex change the external side, uh, world. You know, I'm going to leave my partner, need a new partner, new job, new life. I need to go move over there or here, Yeah. right? Looking for the grass that's green on the other side. 
not understanding that our external reality is also a reflection of a deeper inner process we need to face. Now, that doesn't entail to stay in abusive relationships and all this kind of stuff, uh, abusive situations and whatnot, but the deeper change needs to happen from within to use these problems as an alchemical process, basically, to face them, the struggle you know, in all of that, for the inner transformation, which connects you more to essence, then the outer will change as well. Yeah, That's really what it comes down to. And what it also entails, what I've seen in my life, everything I've done that brought me closer to self, I had to confront every single fear I had. I was literally living, as Joseph Campbell said, um, and seeking the treasure. What was the, the cave? The cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. Thank you. That was exactly that one. Because even... In my life, coming from Germany, not speaking English, but wanting to come here to the US, fulfill my dream, playing drums, you know, making music was huge fear to overcome. Even playing drums on stage, I had stage fright. I didn't want to even perform, but there was something driving within me that put myself into these dis situations of discomfort. Yeah, you know, even starting writing, I was a terrible writer in, in childhood, but then I felt something coming within myself. Uh, call myself to write, to put myself out. There was extreme fear, let alone public speaking. Yeah. And many other things, even my working as a body worker, going through that program, really working with touch. I, each single stage that brought me uh, closer to my deeper self and also to more fulfillment in life as well, I had to confront fear and I had to struggle. And I used that struggle. And it's really interesting because... We always try to avoid struggle and suffering. We try to eliminate our, our, of, of our lives and see it as a new ones. Even to the point here in, in, in consensus reality, you just give a pill to make you feel better and so you feel numb and don't feel any friction, any, um, any negative feelings anymore. You're just numbed out. Not understanding that this, these are necessary processes when we embrace them, right? They bring us closer to self, to our true essence, to individuate. Yeah. And it's like the continuing metamorphosis, the continuing metamorphosis of the caterpillar to the butterfly over and over in cycles and cycles. And that's what the individuation process is really all about. And I think it's really important that, you know, your your own life is your specifically designed spiritual path for you precisely. So to yeah. instead of thinking that there's like this roadmap, you know, to awakening or to finding your purpose or whatever, it's actually you, all of your problems in your life. I think H. Alma said this are specifically designed for you. They're yes. designed specifically to wake mm -hmm. you in particular up. So it's even though the divine is entirely impersonal, the path for you is entirely personal. And that's the most important thing to understand. And I'm just going to read this quote, actually, where Bud Harris really summarizes this. And he says, The path of individuation challenges us to grow and to be full of vitality for the rest of our lives. In a way that is demanding and difficult for us to understand, true growth usually begins with a serious problem, a block in life, a breakdown, or a serious illness, or a general feeling of restlessness that is calling for a change in the basic structure of how we perceive ourselves and, and life. The questioning eyes of my five-year-old self years ago, looking in the landscape of my childhood, was reminding me that I needed to differentiate myself once again, 
not only from old attitudes, values, and complexes from my childhood, but also those in my recent past and present, including the ones that have supported my success so far. So he's really pointing mm -hmm. out how it begins with a deconditioning process. And this is not even deconditioning from childhood. It's even some even recent past and present experiences that he even has supported his success up until then. So that's this continuous process that you're going to be in, like, if you decide to engage in this path, it will be a continual process. And he says, the final piece in my journey, my midlife journey was learning to listen more to my unconscious and, it ex and its expressions to discover and integrate disowned parts of myself and to pursue an ultimate wholeness and balance in my life. The most exciting and frightening part of this journey is that it is one of continuous transformation. That is the most important point. Like I have a Scorpio stellium, so like I'm on board for this, but like a lot of people do not like this. Like, oh my God, this is continuous transformation. Like you either get on that ride or you get dragged the whole way, especially since I've noticed in my own life and I've noticed in working with others that the path of individuation chooses you. You don't actually choose the path. And he says to close up, this reality means it... Um, this reality means it is difficult at times and it always requires devotion. In addition, it forces us to question our basic assumptions about who we are and what we value again and again. And we also have to keep in mind that deep down in our personalities, our ego always prefers comfort and safety to transformation. Yes. So we have to face the unpleasant reality that the pursuit of self-knowledge means we question every aspect of conventional wisdom, of our religion or lack of religion, our notions of what love is, our approaches to problem solving, our ideas of peace and the value of struggle, the value of suffering and the meaning of unhappiness in our lives. So, you know, you always have, if you're on the path of self-knowledge means you have to convention, uh, sorry, uh, question every aspect of conventional wisdom that you've picked up. And that's why, you know, Krishnamurti says that truth is really a pathless land because you can't just go externally and then be like, oh, that person gave me an answer and I'm just going to believe this my whole life. You have to be in that constant process of questioning and reinventing that. Yes, exactly. And that's why embracing the struggle, the conflict, the problems, not seeing the nuances, it's a very key, not only a shift in, not this is not only a mental exercise, that doesn't mean just thinking positively in, in all of that, you know, that really understanding a deeper, deeper process. And I want to actually uh, quote the mother, Sri Aurobindo's partner in that case, because she actually uh, described something that totally ties into the, into shadow work as well in the process of individuation. Uh, because ultimately it's about, you know, That's what Carl Jung said, even with shadow work and all of our struggles, our neuroses, addictions, they actually hold the seed for our potential, for our sole purpose, deeper meaning in life. These are like treasures that need to be awakened, yeah. so to speak. Uh, and she says, the mother, if you look at yourself carefully, you will see that one always carries in oneself the opposite of the virtue one has to realize. You have a special aim, a special mission, a special realization, which is your very own each one individually, and you carry in yourself all the obstacles necessary to make your realization perfect. Sounds like a contradiction because it is a contradiction, right? Always you will see that within you, the shadow and the light are equal. You have an ability. You have also the negation of this ability. But if you discover a very black hole, a thick shadow, be sure that there is somewhere in you a great light. It is up to you to know how to use the one to realize the other. 
And if you observe carefully, you will see that it is always thus with everyone. When you see a very black shadow somewhere in you or something truly painful, you can be sure that you always have the corresponding possibility of light. So that's really uh, really important to understand that the only way out is in and through. And even like, uh, speaking of Bud Harris, again, we can recommend his book, Becoming Whole, which we're also quoting here from. Um, he also shared his, like you hinted at his life, and there was something he said, profoundly said as well, because he was working a corporate job and all of that, didn't like his job, wanted to quit his job. But from the process of the younging process of individuation also forced him to look at his job. What is this something? How does it help me yeah. as well? Because too often, we right away, we blame the outside. We get we split into black and white. I need to get out of this or that. But what is really... It sounds cliche, but it's that's the really contemplative exercise and practice. What is the deeper lesson here? What does it help me to achieve? Yeah. And uh, even when I look back, my day jobs, uh, I was working at a warehouse in downtown LA, eight hours a day, making three hundred dollars a week. <laughs> uh, you know, in some uh, uh, unloading, loading trucks. You know, was not fun. But there's something within that work that helped me to become strong in my own way, in my will, and all of that. So in anything, you can some find something that helps you in your process yeah. in general instead of right away like he said or you mentioned before we're so addicted to comfort and easiness and no struggle and all of that um to really find something within the, any situation we are to slow down to reflect what's the deeper meaning how can i use this how can i use this for transformation basically yeah, and I can give an example in my own life as well on what he's describing. And then we'll talk about, you know, the kind of basic steps on how you can engage in the path of individuation in your life. Um, so number one, so I started out like my kind of journey of creative self-actualization, <laughs> self-actualizing. I was like a journalist. I was like working in uh, music videos and film. I was like totally on that kind of Leo fifth house path, which is really strong in my astrology chart. So I was all about creativity, which is all about the self at center and ideally not seeing that as wrong. Obviously creativity can easily turn into narcissism, which it definitely did in my own life, but like just, but almost this inverse narcissism, like I'm nothing, I'm not good enough. And then, you know, in inflation and like kind of this like, bipolar back and forth of like inflation, deflation, right? So I was basically on doing that kind of stuff. And then I slowly went on this path of self-destruction through trauma, through addiction. And in that period, looking back, I can see I was actually living out my shadow. Like act instead of pretending I was like a good person or whatever, I was all about like sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Basically, I was like, live fast, die long. So I was fully embodying my shadow, which basically also creates a different shadow, or I was fully embodying what could be seen as a shadow of humanity. Let's say it like that. But then it created a different shadow where my shadow actually were my positive qualities, my light, my love, etc. you know? So it created this other paradox. But then, you know, I had my extreme dark night of the soul awakening moment in 2012 and I turned to God in a very sincere way and I turned to a spiritual practice. But in a period while I was like just trying to heal my body and get myself back to like some level of stability, I was working as a uh, in hospitality. I was do, I was working as a waitress in, in, in the service industry. 
And it seemed almost, if I were to like relate to it from my own egoic mind, you know, I'd be like, oh, like, why am I doing this? I'm a writer. I'm creative. Why am I taking this step, you know? But actually, now I can see that that was teaching me how to be of service to other people, which is basically the way that I see the service industry now is like a form of like almost karma yoga that you can do, you know, because you have to learn to serve on other people. Yeah, it's in a conventional environment and you get tips or whatever, but it is still like a six house Virgo job, like taking yourself down a notch, learning how to be of service to others. And that actually quote unquote, which may have seemed like a mistake to my own human ego was actually a good ground for me to do the work that I'm doing now. So it was a total reorientation from creative self-expression, you know, being an artist to learning how to become more humble and be of service to others in a very practical way. So it's important to look at your life and how your life is a path in itself and how one stepping stone leads to another. And there are no wrong turns, actually. If you take the path of individuation and just in general, you know, if you could see through the eyes of the divine, I think you can even see that there are no wrong turns. Yes, there are people who don't go through a process of evolution and they go through a process of destruction. But again, Carl Jung says, follow that mistake to its, to the, to, to its conclusion and you'll end up where you need to be. So let's talk about the, the basic steps, okay? So how to, do, how to engage with the path of individuation. And um, I'm just gonna, so the number one step and, and before you go into it is to stop seeing your suffering and your problems as wrong and instead see them as the path. Yes, and I think also before we dive into that, I wanna make a critical point because I wanna address these steps um, lined out by Bud Harrison's book, Becoming Whole, based on Young's work. Um, very well summarized, but uh, prelude something else. And this is very un important to understand. And that's the topic of contradictions. Yeah. Holding the tension of opposites or activating the transcendent function, as Carl Jung said that. What do we mean by that? What that means is many other teachers have talked about this as well, including Gurdjieff. We all live a highly contradictive lives. We have contradictive beliefs, right? Many of us can be hypocrites and all of that, but contradicting desires and we can talk about this later because uh, any astrology chart shows these conflicting contradictions beautifully in one's birth chart uh, but what does it mean for example you know um well you know for example one aspect many of us maybe can relate to is be relationship everybody some people i want to have find the perfect partner have a family children all of them want to be with somebody you know, and then this person might find that, but at the same time, there's inner call. Well, I also need to be by myself mm -hmm. <laughs> in solitude, right? I cannot be around people. Um, and many other contradictions of what we want, then we want the opposite as well, right? Mm. You know, you want, if a man sometimes, you know, when they're still um, plugged into the matrix, they want the perfect mother, but then also they have dark desires about engaging with the whore and all of that, the dark shadow, these contradictions, all of that, all mm -hmm. over, mm -hmm. right? So, uh, and over time, we also shove these contradictions into the unconscious. That's how the shadow's being built, right? Yeah. We learn early on in childhood, upbringing through our caregivers, engaging with the world of what is acceptable, what is not acceptable, how can I get along? So we become people pleasers, we avoid conflict, all of that. What we deem as non-acceptable, any feelings, beliefs, emotions, gets being stuffed into the shadow, into the unconscious. Right, but in 
in light of the individuation process needs to be brought up. And a lot of sometimes it comes out mechanically, neurotically at the midlife crisis, very classically. Yeah, right? yeah. So we need to, so, quote unquote, hold the tension of opposites within ourselves in order to become whole, to mm. retrieve all of that we have suppressed. That's really a big part of the individuation process. Um, and I'm quoting here from uh, Bud Harris's book, um, we all live in contradictions. Most people suppress and repress them and shove them into the shadow unconscious to adapt to the outer personality, what they how, who they should be, right? Yeah. Young's idea is that we have the courage to develop the characteristics often the arguments for each side of a contradic contradiction, which means to bring each opposite pole into full conscious awareness and then hold these two full in full consciousness, then the tension between these opposing perspectives will become a source of a new creative energy in the unconscious that will give us a solution that is beyond what we could have figured out rationally. Young labeled this process the transcendent function, ties into the law of free. Eric Newman is right when he says that it is the building up and holding the tension that arouses the creative potential in our deepest being. Yeah. Right. So via holding the tension of opposites, something uh, your true talent something a third factor emerges so to speak out of it it's being birthed it's being transformed it's being transcended yeah so i think this is very important to understand in light of the individuation process okay so here are four steps kind of in a nutshell about uh, how to activate this transcendent function in light of the process of individuation number one as we just talked about fully engage in life in other words, quit seeing life as something we want to avoid. By this, I mean accept that taking risks, loneliness, conflict, defeat, and suffering are not only vital parts of life, they are necessary to transformation, wholeness, and the experience of joy, essentially. Yeah. So this is really important. It also entails, that's why the path of individuation is easier said than done, because ultimately, it requires taking full-on self-responsibility via full engagement in life without falling into the victim blame trap. And it is really easy in this kind of culture we live in to check out of life, actually, yes. to just be on the screen, to yes. like waste your life. And I see that a lot of people are actually, you know, missing the call because there's so many addictive ways to push yourself to sleep and to drain your creative mm -hmm. energy and I think this is also, you know, setting us up for the AI transhumanism takeover, essentially. But this is really the path of passion in the heart. And like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do the thing that scares me. I'm going to say yes to the thing that I want to do that I've been avoiding my whole life. Like, that's what it is. Yes. It's saying yes to life. And I see a lot of people might just go out in the world who just put things off, who put things to sleep, who suppress, put things to the unconscious. They may know deep inside that their marriage is not really, you know, um, you know, they, they may know something's up in their relationship, but they're just pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. Not just, you know. Under the rug or Yeah, exactly, exactly. Right? Or, or like, you know, maybe they're projecting on their relationship. I see people do that. Like, oh, I can't do this because my wife or I can't do this because my husband or my kids, you know. It's like they always have an excuse to not go after the things yes, they really want to go exactly. after in life. Because it would create discomfort, risky, get up out of security, out of comfort. Yeah. Again, out of the comfort zone is key. Okay, number two, obviously also very important, reflect upon your life. This means to be aware of the contradictions that come up in your life. Don't repress them. Amplify and explore them. Make the opposites fully conscious and hold them in your awareness. 
You can use a journal, dream work, and active imagination to help you. So that's really the reflection on work. It's not just thinking a little bit about it, but really be honest with yourself as well about the contradictions of what is and what you truly want and how you deny it and whatnot. Or maybe it can easily fall into resentment or you have certain expectations. And if you don't make um, the opposites conscious within yourself, you will have unrealistic expectations on others to try to fulfill them all. Yeah, and it also begins, you know, with basically being honest with the thoughts that you think, with the feelings that you have. Like I see a lot of people be like, oh, I shouldn't think this. Oh, I shouldn't feel this mm. way. That's actually the sign, you know, of 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 stuff that you suppress into the shadow. All of the things that you think you shouldn't do or say or think are actually indications of material you're holding in the shadow. So you have to allow yourself to go there. You know, that's why just stream of consciousness journaling, just let it all out. Don't show anyone, let it all on the page. Like, actually reveal to yourself what's going on in your inner world. I think that's the very first critical and essential step because a lot of us will literally spend our lives hiding and running away from what's going on within ourselves. And it's very painful and it gets very exhausting over time. So you have to be willing to be like, whatever it is you're feeling, experiencing, thinking, just begin with that level of self-acceptance. Accept yourself, your thoughts, your beliefs, just allow the unconscious to start speaking with you without you starting to shadow make the process and be like, oh, that's a good thought. That's a bad thought. That's a positive. That's a, that's a negative thought. That's good vibes. That's bad vibes. I should, a spiritual person does think of this. Oh, I don't, I don't think this way, you know, (laughs) because I see this happening with people is that they don't even allow themselves to finish their thoughts, to go into their inner world because they immediately start judging it as good and bad. You have to let it all out. I saw this amazing quote by Christian Murdy. I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, whatever it is that you are, you need to first accept it. You need to first accept that this is my state. So if you're angry, if you're sad, if you're in grief, if you're depressed, if you're unhappy, the first step is actually to just acknowledge that that's where you are. This is a very, thanks for pointing that out, honey. This is a very important point because whatever you don't acknowledge and you judge within yourself is trying to suppress it back in the shadow and then project it onto the other person. Yeah. We see this nowadays, left versus right, right versus left for the shadow dance between these two uh, um, the side, so to speak. But also what you remind me, the tyranny of the shoulds is actually also the shadow aspect, no pun intended, or the dark side of self-improvement, self-actualization programs. Should do this, don't do this. Yeah. You know, or going by somebody's program step by step and, and externalizing. And you miss the whole point of the deeper experience of life if you live by this mentalized should or shouldn't. Yeah. Right. Uh, number three, bear the burden of the conflict. Remember that Jung points out that suffering isn't pathological. It is part of life. It is our refusal to bear legitimate suffering that causes neurotic pain. So don't resort to fight or flight, taking an easy way out or trying to supplement or repress the conflict. And number four, live the transformation. Remember, we must change the way we live into being an expression of our expanded consciousness, self-awareness, and purpose. If we don't, all this work has simply been a mind game. So again, in a nutshell, the four steps. Number one, fully engage in life. Number two, reflect upon life. Three, bear the burden of your conflict. And four, live the transformation. Yeah. Yeah, and I think... You know, the the real important piece is you need to allow, like stop seeing your suffering and problems as wrong. 
see them as a path, fully engaged with those things with a, in, a, in a way that you're not aggressively trying to change it or make it go away. Like that's the key thing is that if you see, you know, you are unhappy, like you, you know, you're 40, 45 around your honest opposition and you're unhappy with the job that you're in, you're unhappy with the life that you created. Well, see that as the past, see that as the yes. sign and then fully engage, like get into the suffering. Don't just try and find a better more appealing novelty of a job, you know, actually be with the paradox. Like there is probably a paradox within that struggle that there's one part of you that likes the comfort and security of where you are and you're happy about what you've accomplished. And then there's another part that is not happy with it. And that's the paradox you need to actually live with. And I know from my own experience that just being with those two paradox, which can feel very conflicting inside, which is very uncomfortable, um, will allow a third thing to emerge. And if you hold that process with enough consciousness, it will turn into self-energy. It will lead you back to yourself, you know? Um, but it is about really beginning that inner journey, which as we'll talk about in the second hour, begins with the descent into the shadow. Yes. You can't actually get there until you descend into the shadow, The part you retrieve the parts of yourself that you shut off from consciousness, basically. So just to reflect on your life, you know, when were there certain turning points, looking back, critical conflicts or issues, addictions that served as a base for you to really understand more of yourself, to really look at these moments? Because when I reflect on my own life, there was definitely certain calls, I guess you could say, to individuation which usually started out with some sort of discomfort, you know, something was not quite right. I was not quite feeling like myself anymore. The life that I had lived and the beliefs and the structures I set up around myself were not quite it yet. And so it usually begins with some sort of discontent and that can happen through just an internal process like I just described, or it can happen through something severe like you lost your job, the relationship ended, you know, someone got cancer, you got, you got ill, you know, it can also begin with something more severe, but you need to see that these critical turning points in your lives were actually calling you towards something. I think that people are actually blessed, you know, in a way when these points come, because I think that the biggest, um, the biggest barrier to individuation is comfort, just putting it back to sleep, you know, being able to have the comfort to just ignore it. I'm not going to bother, you know, because yeah. you can yeah. really kind of drown yourself in that comfort to the point where you may not be deeply happy inside, but you're like entertained. You just watch Netflix, you know, you have enough money to like buy anything that will, will you know, serve you temporary happiness. You know, I have seen that fulfillment get bigger with time, but in the unfulfillment with those things get bigger with time, but it's about embracing that discomfort, embracing this kind of contradiction that will show up in your life. Yeah. And we'll dive deeper into all of that more in the second hour, especially also this part. Uh, it's really important to understand, um, which I mentioned before in the step, in those steps, that our refusal to bear legitimate suffering causes neurotic pain. That's really important to understand. So we want to dissect what that really means. And also, ultimately, the process of individuation is also about connecting to being, right? To essence, to actually 
to being is rooted also in the feminine aspect of consciousness, as opposed to male aspect of consciousness, the mental egoic mind, the ego personality. Again, this has nothing to do with gender. <laughs> I know it's a tricky topic, but one really understand that as well, uh, and in light of spirituality as well, how this ties into the feminine principle and archetype and all of that. And uh, yeah, and many other aspects we want to explore in this individuation process in the second hour as well, going deeper with it. And again, um, we're starting the next round, the 12th round of our 14-week uh, private group coaching program, Embodied Soul Awakening. It starts uh, August 18th until November 20th, and applications are now open again only for 35 people. Go to thattimeoftransition.com to sign up. And also, if you want to... Um, have access to the second hour of this podcast, of any podcast. We have over 100 episodes already. Lots of good material for you to dive into. Then go to my website, veilofreality.com, and you can sign up to the membership there as well. With that being said, see you all in the second hour. Thank you. Thank you.